0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome back to another episode, first episode of season two of Have You Seen That With T? It is your boy T, and I am here finally back. I finally, finally have a reason to record again because this week we finally got Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, and I've been one. I've been holding on to this podcast for a very long time. I had a conversation a few weeks ago that kind of sparked um, an idea for what I wanted to talk about when we finally did return, when I finally did get back, you know, to putting together the show for all of those dedicated listeners out there. All 10 of you guys. I appreciate every single one of you. I really, really do. But uh, Black Panther Wakanda forever. That has been On my purview that has been, you know, ever since that first trailer dropped, you know, I knew going into this movie I was going to be an emotional wreck um, and it wasn't wrong. (laughs) You know, going into Black Panther Wakanda Forever, we all know um, Chadwick Boseman, you know, passed away um, due to a long bout with cancer. About that no one knew, you know, that he was actually fighting other than, you know, his inner circle, which is a true testament to friendship, a true testament to kinship. Um, And, and, you know, the man was just uh, he became larger than life in his passing because of what we now know that he was battling. You know, especially towards the end when people were posting things online, you know, saying he looks sickly, which is a very black thing to say. You know, oh, that man looks sickly or he looks like he's on drugs or something like that. When, you know, in fact, he was battling for his life and we had no idea. You know, we just we just, you know, saw Black Panther. We saw a superhero, you know, for me, um, you know, growing up, I remember Christopher Reeves. I always saw Christopher Reeves as Superman. Um, And he, Chadwick Boseman, was our Superman. You know, uh, a lot of kids growing up, that is the first superhero they all know that looks like them. You know, there might be Blade and Spawn and things like that. But what do those things have in common? (laughs) They're like set in the underworld. They're very dark. They're very graphic, things like that. But then you have Black Panther, um, these bright colors, this beautiful nation of Wakanda and these beautiful black people. You know, sovereign nation, um, you know, mining enriched vibranium, which is like, you know, something out of this world. Some extraordinary that that we have for our own that's never been colonized and things like that. Um, And of course, I will try my hardest to remain as apolitical as possible. Um, That's definitely not what this podcast is here for. But let's just talk about it, man. Black Panther 2.0 black panther wakanda forever came and went and you know i'm gonna do things a little bit differently this time you know i'm definitely not gonna spoil anything that will come i I still to this day will give you two weeks uh before i talk about any any you know major details but i will go over the plot for the movie of course you know the movie begins with um black panther dying you know shuri's trying to save uh t'challa uh from an undisclosed illness which i think is a very touching way of of uh you know paying respects um to the man chadwick bozeman you know if if the news media never told us he had cancer he would have never told us he had cancer you know, if, if they didn't if they didn't have to publish all these things, he would have never it would have never been disclosed because it was none of our business. The man just lived his life. Um, and, and, you know, I, th- I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty touching. And the opening credits, I will say I cried like a complete baby. I sat in my chair and tears were just flowing as, you know, Marvel does what Marvel does with those openings. And it was nothing but beautiful shots of this beautiful black man, you know, our king, uh, you know, King T'Challa, uh, Chadwick Boseman. Um, And then we get right to it, right? We we get introduced to Namor, who I'm not gonna ruin this actor's name. I, I, I I've seen it written. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say his name. Nor am I about to Wikipedia it, Wikipedia it or anything. Um, But the brother who played Namor Boy He was Fantastic I mean from the very Opening shot of seeing him You know him uh, You know coming on to uh, Sneaking into Wakanda Which is a boss move um, And just Commanding the screen You know everybody can't do that You know um, and he just did. It's a dude with winged feet, um, who you know, which could be ridiculous if you think about it. But he just—I mean, just amazing. The story of Namor, how they how they tied it into you know the the, the um, South American culture, the Mexican culture, um, uh, just phenomenal, phenomenal. And I did hear uh, Ryan Kugler do an interview on how he was intentional on you know um uh making namor of you know hispanic descent because of his you know him living in la and you know having family who are hispanic and things like that and what i mean just definitely was questioned when it first was announced Um, But it made so much sense. The way they wove it in made complete sense. Um, And and Namor, just iconic character. I really hope we get to see him in a better light in another movie. I completely, once again, one thing that, that makes superhero movies fantastic, you know, it separates the good superhero movies from the great superhero movies, are their villains, One of the reasons why Daredevil, when that was on Netflix, was so popular was because of Kingpin. One of the reasons that Black Panther was so polarizing and so phenomenal was because of Killmonger, Thanos and the Infinity War. You needed a good villain and not just a bad guy. Right. The Joker is just a bad guy. He just wants to create anarchy and and it makes no sense. It's phenomenal when he's doing it because he's just creating chaos and that's okay, you know, but. Everybody can't do that. Everybody can't just be a big bad, and Namor, or Namor, as he as he says, his enemies, his enemies call him. Um, everything he did was intentional, and and for lack of better term, I mean, he had a lot of the same philosophies that Eric Killmonger had. Which, once again, is why there are a lot of people, especially, uh, you know, uh, people of color, minorities, who who, um, generations of slavery, you know, really it's followed them. And that's what it that's in the words of Kenya Barris. It all traces back to slavery. It, It all it all. It always comes back to slavery. And it definitely did in this story as well. Um, in the in the formation, um, in the the maturation of Namor, um, and it was just it was it was amazing to see it on screen. It was amazing to see him on screen and and how excellent he was, and how he commanded his people was was pretty dope. Um, and then we also got to get introduced to Riri Williams, who, man, another just amazing character. Um, you know, she didn't get enough. She didn't get enough time, but it would really, you know, th- this story was definitely Shuri's story. Um, you know, as I as I look back on, I had to process a lot because I, I was very angry um, watching this movie with some of the decisions that Shuri made throughout the movie, um, because it just felt not like Shuri. You know, it felt different in. And, and, and one of my friends brought it up to me Everybody grieves differently You know, she was grieving She's grieving her big brother The loss of her big brother um, And that really affected her You know, a certain type of way And then, you know The effects just kept on coming As they say um, And it gets worse um, And and that is just I mean, just hitting someone at their rock bottom uh, You know, Wakanda gets you know Namor and the uh, you know Telecom, um, they they did a number. You know, as as the preview showed, you know there was definitely a a, a conflict, and in that conflict, Namor struck and he struck hard. Um, and there was one that, as I was watching this movie, breaking it down. Um, kept thinking to myself hey who's gonna be the new black panther right like even though you saw it in a commercial it looked like a sleek slender female um there were parts of this movie where i was like man they could be it could be a MacGuffin. they could really be fooling us and 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 you know throw throw us a curveball So as we were watching the movie, there were different people. I was thinking throughout the movie, hey, that would be a good Black Panther. There was one scene where Angela Bassett was like kind of looking like Angela Bassett. You know, that Tina Turner, what's love got to do with Angela Bassett? And I was like, damn, maybe she'll get the heart-shaped herb. And uh, and she'll be a boss. Like, I'd buy that. You know what I'm saying? Like, she lost her husband. She lost her son why couldn't she be the you know Black Panther? She's the queen for 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 God's sake. you know. Even though she's older, I still think Angela Bassett will give people the business. And then of course, if you take if you get that heart shaped herb in you, you know, then you get the super strength, super powers. And once she puts the mask on, it's all CGI anyway. So I was almost with that, right? And that brings me to the next person, Okoye, right? Laje. There's a scene in this movie. And once again, I don't want to spoil it, but there's a scene between Angela Bassett and and Okoye. And boy, that is the one of the most powerful scenes um, that the MCU has ever produced. I mean, there are tears, there's emotion, there's rage, there's anger. Uh, and I can't spoil anything about the scene, but to say you have to watch that. You have to see it and you just have to put yourself in that moment to understand the gravity of what's happening on the screen. There, I mean, there's a scene uh, between Queen Ramo- Ramonda and Okoya, and it is it is epic. I was in my seat just wide eyed, mouth wide open, like, holy crap, how did you get here? Both of these actors, actresses, they they pulled it from somewhere and it was all for Chadwick. It was all for Chadwick. Everything, everything I felt about this movie was all in an in, in ode to him. Right. And then, of course, um, it, it just everyone, everyone played their part so well. Right. And then one of the bright spots, and I mean this literally <laughs> of the movie was Everett Ross, and then the Countess Contessa de She comes out of nowhere. Julia Julia Louis Dreyfus. Um, her character shows back up in this movie, and come to find out, this is definitely a spoiler. Her and Everett Everett Ross were married. They're divorced now. They were married, and that's kind of how she pulled. She she got in there. And she was dope. Their dynamic was dope. Everett Ross was was really good in this movie. Um, he will be playing a part in Secret Evasion coming up. Um, and I and I do I love the character development of him. I think he reminds me a little uh, more of a of a less refined Philip Coulson. Phil Colson, you know my 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 main man with Agent of Shield. Still wish he was still around, um, but. But uh, Everett Ross played a pretty, uh, pretty you know, insignificant part of the story, but it was just good seeing him in the movie. Um, and then I'll be remiss if I if I talk about this movie without talking about Lupita Nyong'o. Holy smokes. This woman is like when she when they first showed her on the screen gorgeous, beautiful, um elegant like everything they used to say about like Elizabeth Taylor, Marilyn Monroe, they need to be saying it about this woman. She is elegance, grace, like the like Lena Horne, like she has this low like she's just i mean just electric i mean just amazing looking at this beautiful black woman on screen gorgeous dark skin Amazing personality and just a wonderful actress at that, right? So Nakia comes in to play, you know, midway through the movie, and I almost forgot she existed until she (laughs) showed back up because she disappeared, right? More on that to follow. Um, Disappeared like she, you know, after Black Panther, we didn't see her again. We didn't see her in Infinity War. We didn't see her in Endgame, anything like that. And she just shows up in this movie and phenomenal. I mean just gorgeous black woman. Um, and she played it she played a pretty big part in this movie just like she did in the first one. Another a character who played a huge part in this movie, um, and, and we saw a lot of growth from him is Mbaku, right? So everything I knew about Mbaku going into Black Panther, the original Black Panther, um, was not good, right? I didn't hear any, like, M'Baku M- wasn't, isn't, like, a huge character in the Marvel Universe. Um, but Winston Duke's portrayal of him made him a, a, a integral part of the MCU, right? It made him an integral part of the, the Black Panda, Panther universe. And this movie's no different because he became, you know, he went from being uh, pretty much the enemy, not the enemy, but you know, uh, antagonist in, in the original Black Panther to becoming like one of the, the high council and, and, you know, truth be told, he might, you know, uh, uh, go on to an even bigger role moving forward. Um, and just Winston Duke, just, I mean, he has this, this cer- certain presence about him that's so very masculine and strong but at the same time, very wise, gentle and and scared almost in some some instances, you know. Uh, but of course, that warrior spirit, you know, he's going to he's still going to give everything, you know, when, when it comes to it. Um, phenomenal performance by Weston Duke. I thought it was very understated what he did in this movie. Um, and and it should be it should not go unnoticed. It should not go unheard. I mean, he he. He was just great in this movie. I really enjoyed um, his his performances in Baku. Um, and which leads me, and this is going to be a major spoiler, right? Um, because I have to talk about this. I have to get this off my chest. Um, there was no other big bad. You know how, like, in most movies, if you have two people that you know are heroes... Um, they always end up being like, kind of like in Black Adam, right? You had the ju- Justice Society fighting Black Adam, but then there was a, another entity at play, and it ended up being like some demon dude that they ended up fighting together at the end. They could have went that way with this movie, you know. There could have been another huge bad that would have been terrible for this movie for what it was. Um, but in the end, there's a huge. You know, fight scene. Wakanda rises up against Talokan, uh, which are Namor's people. Uh, the underwater sea people who are blue and they all somehow have superhuman strength, um, which is another story for another day. But they have this major fight at the end after Shuri comes up with a plan. Um, and the Wakandans decide to do this in the middle of the ocean, which is. makes absolutely no effing sense right they get on a huge boat leave wakanda go out to the middle of the ocean and fight namor and his people on their turf they have the high ground so to speak because they're in a big ass boat but namor's people they might have taken a hundred people but like namor is coming with like three thousand and that was the dumbest move like once again i don't like these movie tropes where the main character is supposed to be the smartest human on the planet right sure he's supposed to be one of the top 5 most intelligent people in the MCU right this is this has been documented on you know uh youtube channels and different uh different media outlets right like they they rank these things like this is the smartest people in the mcu this is the strongest person in the mcu and Shuri's like top five right but to to be the top five smartest you know people or one of the top five smartest people on you know the earth the planet so to speak and then make this dumb decision to to take a thou you know a hundred people on a boat to fight namor like and and there was a reason why they did it but at the same time like what if that one plan that they had failed then they just let she just led all of her people into slaughter right makes literally no sense that almost ruined the whole movie for me like oh we're gonna go fight him. cool they came up with a cool plan to fight namor but they didn't take into account the other thousands of people you know that he has fighting for him which just almost ruined the movie like that one scene almost ruined I love endings right I love movie endings and and you got to have it they had a strong had a strong start had a strong middle and then the end just hmm hmm which is why I can't say that I love this movie. Uh, I I enjoyed it. I love the characters. I love the culture. God, we need this. We needed we needed this movie. Like we really did need this movie. I don't think we ever needed to recast the, the you know role of of T'Challa. Um, it's unnecessary. Um, but uh, we we needed this movie as 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 closure. Um, and and it and it did. It closed a, a very painful chapter for a lot of people. You know, it's not painful for a lot of people, but it is painful for a lot of people as well, uh, because it, it felt like you lost your brother. It felt like you lost your cousin when when Chadwick Boseman died. We didn't all know him, man, but he was our king. He was T'Challa, um, and 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 he mattered. Like that character mattered so much. You walk, I walked around on Halloween to this day. There's so many Black Panthers, some young black boys and girls dressed up as Black Panther, and I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it because the so much pride, so much so, so much of us in them, you know, seeing that, seeing a hero that looks exactly like them. I never understood it. Until I saw my daughter say something like that. When my daughter sees Ariel uh, in the trailer for The Little Mermaid and said, man, she looks like me. That's dope. You know, that that is that that's what diversity means. That's what representation means. And he represented us so very eloquently. Uh, I mean, just a tough loss. Uh, This movie. Um, it in the death of Chowick Boseman didn't overshadow the movie as much as I thought it would, which is a good thing. Um, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, just this, uh, yeah, it, it, it moved the way it, it, it should have moved. Ryan Kugler, genius. I mean, just absolute genius. Um, and then, of course, um, with every Marvel movie, you're gonna get a post-credit scene. There was one mid-credit scene, no post-credit scene for this movie, but there was a mid-credit scene uh, that did set up the future of Marvel. Um, did set, did potentially set up the future of this uh, franchise. Um, and I won't spoil it, uh, but it, it was it was pretty dope. It was a good uh, mid-credit scene that you should definitely watch. Um, and it definitely does uh, leave the door open for a lot of different things moving forward. And and with Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, we finally wrapped up phase four, which was which I think is one of the most discombobulated phases. Um, you know, it, it wasn't like it, phase two was, was um, kind of the ramp up. To uh, what was ha- what was going to happen in Phase Three? It was kind of the prelude of the madness of Phase Three, which you know, of course, ended with Thanos. Ended, uh, which ended with Endgame, and kind of uh, did like a major reset reboot of the MCU. Um, and Black Panther uh, midway through uh, throwaway line. Um, of course, if you if you if you know, you know. Uh, but of course, Namor. Um, comes out and says, you know, I was a mutant, I'm a mutant, and moving into phase five, uh, especially going into phase six, because I think that's when we're going to finally, uh, you know, get a team uh, that starts with X, um, get them out there, uh, I don't think that's coming until 24, 25, which sounds so insane to say, because that seems so far away, Uh, But once again, this year went by pretty fast as well. So, um, you know, going phase four, you look back at it, it was all over the place. There would the highlight of phase four, of course, was No Way Home to me, which is um, top three MCU movies ever made. I mean, what a what a phenomenal movie. Um, Then you got the polarizing Doctor Strange uh, in the Multiverse of Madness, which was very polarizing. A lot of people wanted it to be something that it ended up not being. Uh, I still thought it was a good movie. And then even more polarizing (laughs) Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, I mean, boy, they like I've seen some people. I enjoyed Thor Love and Thunder. I love Thor. Thor movies for exactly what they are Bro movies with a dude who has a hammer And he controls lightning <laughs> Like just a funny movie uh, Just I thought it was hilarious You know I thought Christian Bale was phenomenal You know it Gore the God Butcher um, But there were a lot of people who didn't like Thor Love and Thunder There were a lot of people uh, who did not think it was that funny uh, They thought it was too funny um, but I, I once I don't want Kenneth Branagh ever directing Thor movies again. I don't need that. Uh, after the first two Thors, it was it, it needed that change and it got the right change. Um, and Black Panther ended phase four, uh, which, you know, kind of introduces us to the multiverse. Um, you know, we had Loki in there. We had She-Hulk in there, which was another Extremely polarizing show. I absolutely enjoyed the hell out of She Hulk. I thought it was phenomenal. I, you know, I didn't get offended with her twerking with Megan Thee Stallion. I thought that was hilarious. I thought that was funny. You know, why not? It's pop culture. I mean, it was a show that, you know, uh, kind of made fun of itself. It made fun of the MCU, most of it. It was like you know it was the opposite of moon Knight, which was very dark and very dour and i i didn't i really didn't enjoy moon Knight. um not because it wasn't a good show it's just because i didn't want to watch it it just like once again it had it had a terrible villain and she hulk didn't really have a villain like you know the villain was the system, <laughs> for lack of better terms, like if you watched the last episode, it was it was funny. The system was the villain, um, and I and I enjoyed. It. I just enjoyed it. I thought uh, I thought the actress who played she hawk was phenomenal. I thought everybody in that show was phenomenal. Um, it, it was just it was it was a breath of fresh air. Same thing with with Miss Marvel. I thought Miss Marvel uh, was a breath of fresh air. We don't need. I mean there's so many different stories that could be told um you know there's some for kids there's some for adults you know we got Deadpool coming up Wolverines coming back things like that um so each story could be unique and different everything doesn't have to be the same and I enjoyed that Falcon and the Winter Soldier another phenomenal show like there was a there was a lot more going on on Disney plus you know we had WandaVision that kicked it off um uh, there was a lot more going on in Disney Plus, I felt, than in the movies. I think that the shows um, really uh, have a bigger impact uh, moving forward than the movies do, because you could tell a larger story, you could tell a more coherent story, you know, over eight episodes than you can in a two and a half hour movie. Um, um, you, I mean, of course, you could still tell it in a movie, but I feel like you have a lot more freedom. Ah, uh, to tell a, a more a meatier story, you know, because if Falcon and the Winter Soldier is in the series, do we get Isaiah Bradley? You know, do we get those scenes with Isaiah Bradley, which were you know, or um, I mean, it, which are iconic scenes, which I think really made the whole series for me, um, with the scenes with the uh, you know Carl Lumley. Just we don't get that if we get a movie, and if we do, you know, you get a five-minute throwaway throwaway scene with with a character who, in all essence, could have his own show, uh, which would be dope, I think, in in my opinion. Uh, You know, if we had a a, um, you know patriot, what was his name? Uh, You know, first first Captain America, first Black Captain America. That'd be the name of the show. Um, But. And I heard he is coming back for Captain America 4, uh, which I hope is is gonna be a good movie. Cause I need it to be a good movie, because it's gonna be a black Captain America. It gotta be a great movie. It can't be a good movie. You know, the first black Captain America, it can't be a good movie. It has to be a great movie. It has to it has to be our winter soldier, uh, you know, for Anthony Mackey to keep that mantle. Uh, cause if it's not, they're gonna take that shit away from him. Like he's called Grand opening, grand closing You know Uh, But I mean that's something to look forward to Ant-Man and Wasp Jonathan Majors is about to have perhaps One of the greatest years of his life Uh, You know Ant-Man and Wasp uh, You know Opening up 2023 And then of course Creed 3 Which if you haven't seen that trailer That movie looks like it's going to be phenomenal I was a little disappointed that You know uh, Sylvester Sloan made some statements saying that he, you know, he thought the the series went in a bad direction or something like that. Dude, this is the, re- the direction it needed to go. I'm I'm glad. I appreciate you, you know, creating this IP. Um, but thanks. We'll take it from here, my guy. Um, but Creed Three looks really, really phenomenal. Um, you know, I've already given my state of the Marvel. Marvel address um, So I'm just gonna You know Say that Phase 5 Needs to Needs to tell a More coherent story um, You know if they if, I get it You're you're putting out A lot of different movies But um, We have to get to Kang Dynasty Somehow You know We have to get there And You know We got Thunderbolts Coming up we have uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 coming up and, and Ant-Man and, and Wasp, Quantumania. Those seem like very distinctly different movies. All of the tones, you know, Quantumania, a lot of people are saying this is looking like Star Wars, like a Star Wars type movie. Um, you know, the one bar scene kind of looked like Mos Eisley, Um, you know, so, and then of course the Thunderbolts, it's like the Suicide Squad for the MCU, Um, And then you got Guardians of the Galaxy and you really never know what you're going to get when you when you, you know, go into a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. You know, we have no idea uh, where James Gunn is going to go with with Guardians of the Galaxy volume three. And that's a good thing, you know, but I just hope that they um, spread Kang. Uh, you know, through all of these movies, which would be dope, cause once again, that's another check for my man Jonathan Majors. Um, but don't spread him too thin, you know. Don't don't uh, overdo it, uh, and and definitely don't underpower the guy, cause I need him to be the guy. You know, I hope he builds an army and uh, army of kings or army of something, and uh, and and Rex shop. Like, like I hope that this man wrecks shop uh, So phase four ended I really, you know, I did enjoy uh, Black Panther I did cry uh, a little bit during Black Panther There's definitely some powerful scenes There's some powerful characters uh, We will definitely miss Chadwick Boseman On screen and off screen um, he was a hero he is a hero um, you know Black Panther will live on Black Panther will return He said it at the end of the movie spoiler Black Panther will return probably in Thunderbolts I feel like uh, Thunderbolts is a good place for you know the Black Panther character to pop back up there are a few un- unanswered questions uh, at the end of this movie which I think uh, leads uh, definitely leaves some things open um and i and i'm excited you know i'm excited for iron heart i'm excited for armor wars uh i'm excited for secret invasion uh you know i'm excited for all of that stuff uh, a lot of disney plus shows coming out next year um that's gonna give us hopefully a, a better idea of what where we're going And how Kang is really, really Going to play a part in all of this I'm really excited for Quantumania um, The podcast is back We got some movies coming up You know, next week is going to be The Menu uh, And I'm just going to kind of go Go over some movies that I missed If you haven't seen Barbarian yet uh, I just have to Have to mention this If you haven't seen Barbarian yet It's on HBO Max Go check that out definitely in my top 10 movies of 2022 um uh the, the years the years coming up and you know the wrap up episode top 10 movies of 2022 you know does black panther wakanda forever make it in i think it will um because this year wasn't really a great year of movies in all honesty man i have uh you know i've i put together a mid-year list and and not too many movies after that it's really cracked the. Uh, uh, cracked into that top ten and But Barbarian is one of them I could tell you that much That was a, a breath of fresh air You know, if you haven't checked out The Ride Home review of Barbarian Please check it out And if you haven't seen it It's on HBO Max It's definitely worth a watch um, And I, I wanted to I wanted to uh, Do A podcast, right So a few months ago uh, I want to say about a month and a half ago, I was talking, talking to my cousin. Man, we we usually talk, you know, at least once a week or something like that. And he asked me, he said, you know, have you seen the the preview for Black Panther? I said, of course I have, and I'm I'm like excited, you know, like I I saw the preview, the first preview of Black Panther, and, and I just. You know, I cried. I cried watching the first preview, you know, because I knew the finality of what this movie meant, um, you know, for us uh, as black people. Right. And he was like, man, can you believe this? And I was like, what do you mean? He says, man, you know, they, they have these women, you know, it was like it, 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 he he saw it. And, and I don't like to speak for other people, um, but. You know, he saw it as an attack on masculinity, right? And that let and I wanted to do a podcast that night, um, but I just didn't have the time, right? And I started I started making phone calls, right? He really like this sparked a real thought in my mind. I started making phone calls, and I started accent men, women, black, white, Hispanic. Do you think movies and this is the question if you listen to this podcast hit me up on the email hit me up on you know on the the have you seen that with T uh Facebook page do you think that Hollywood is attacking the masculinity of not just black men but all men right Heteros- heterosexual men you know I have friends who who you know uh every day I feel like they're just Posting something There's an attack On the LBTQ community And I just find it I find it a little odd Um But You know Everybody keeps saying That you know There's an attack On masculinity There's an attack On masculinity Um And I disagree I wholeheartedly disagree I could be wrong You know I feel <laughs> You know I, I bring up Tyler Perry Cause you know Tyler Perry Most of his movies Are just these Male bashing movies Um But I've had a lot of conversations and I really wanted to bring a male and a female, you know, I I wanted to talk to so many people about it. But then again, that's not what this podcast is about. Right. It's not about social issues, but it is about this is a Hollywood issue. Right. This is a movie issue. Um, You know, I don't feel like, you know, Hollywood in in general is attacking uh, the male, the the. Male masculinity. I feel like that. Finally, in Hollywood, they're allowing more people, or more people have access, to make their voices be heard. Just like social media, right? Everybody could post something on social media, but people are finding these money, uh, finding money in order to get some of these movies made, um, or you know, the people, the higher up, the the powers that be, are of open mind and they want more of these movies be made, right? So I grew up in the 80s, uh, 90s, and I remember every movie would always have like tits, right? And at some point in most movies in the eighties and nineties, whether it's a comedy, horror, drama, it was always it was always about the female body, right? We gonna we we're gonna find a way to show some tits and ass and in, in the movies in the 80s and the 90s. And most of the time, it was like, it, was just, it made absolutely no sense. It helped, it didn't help the plot, but it definitely helped me. You know, I definitely loved, you know, watching Apollonia purify herself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka, right? Why was that scene in the movie? Did it have to be in there? It did for me as a kid. Oh, yeah. Like, I felt like an adult after that, after that scene. Uh, but, you know, it, it it was more men leading the charge, right? When it came to directors, when it came to writers, things like that. Like, so do I think now that they're attacking that system? Maybe, you know, maybe they're attacking the system. I don't think that, I don't feel my, my masculine is my masculinity is ever questioned you know because when i open my eyes in the morning uh you know when i'm laying at home my wife and kids uh i feel my masculine intact. like I, I don't feel attacked by any of these movies um there was a movie that i watched a few weeks ago called run sweetheart run that was like the most open-handed slap in the face like that was like the most uh It was it was so heavy handed. It felt like, man, it it felt like a Tyler Perry movie, only in the fact that I think that Tyler Perry doesn't know the art of subtlety. Like there's a way that you can subtlety say give a message without slapping people in the face with it. And this run sweetheart run movie uh, just slapped you in the face with the message of, you know, toxic masculinity and like, uh, you know, just the, the, the toxic culture, which I really don't. I think that word is so overused um, that it just, the value of it is gone. You know, when somebody, when you sit, when people say somebody's toxic now, nobody, like, uh, th- there's no value in saying that anymore. Uh, you know, th- there's no value in saying anybody's toxic because nobody knows what it means, right? Everybody was toxic. Everybody's toxic. If you say some, if you say something wrong, oh, you're toxic. If you say something that, disag- that disagrees with somebody else's point of view, that means you're toxic. It's weird. Um, uh, and I say all of that to say, just, you know, I don't think it's an attack on masculinity. I just think it's so many different ideas finally being said, right? I have ideas. I have movies that I want to write. Um, I have movies that are in my mind, in my heart, in my soul, and they're not like the movies that you want to see. Um, you know, they're telling different type of stories. Um, in them, uh, there are flawed characters, whether it be male or female. That doesn't mean that I'm attacking femininity. That doesn't mean I'm attacking masculinity. It just means that it's life, right? Men are not perfect. Women are not perfect. Men are not evil. Women are not evil. You know, some are. Some are not. Like, I feel like a lot of people feel attacked, um, and the, the other word that I really triggered, they feel triggered by some of these movies, um, you know, especially when it comes to uh, things that are just not the norm. Right. My generation, the boomers, OK, boomer, you know, that that generation, we're so used to we were we were raised a certain way and the generation before that was even more hardcore. Right. Like, it, you know, women stay in the kitchen. Men men go out and provide. I mean. I don't think my wife needs to stay in the kitchen but I do enjoy her there. <laughs> I am old fashioned. I like I, I my my wife is a housewife and I love that. You know, I love being a provider. I love being a man. Uh but I don't I don't feel attacked when movies, you know, I know I know who I am. I know what I provide. I know what I do. I know who I'm not. And I feel like a lot of people, you know, I, I, for some strange reason They feel attacked by this They feel emasculated And I just think that's weird Because, you know, how can a movie emasculate you? You're not in it It's not about you You know, it's about that dude <laughs> And if that dude is you Then then maybe you should look in the mirror You know And that is it political That's as deep as I'm about to go Because Um we got some good movies coming up i'm really hoping uh the menu next week which i'm gonna go check out on thursday i'm really hoping this movie is not just the preview you know the preview of it looks really good but i hope it has some more i hope it has some more for the lack of better word meat to it because the food that i saw in the preview looked pretty terrible uh, like, maybe because I'm just a poor kid from Harlem who loves Chinese food. None of that food that I saw in the preview looked good at all. You know, what does it, say? it was, it said it was $1,200 a pop or something like that for everybody to go eat this meal on the menu. Uh, but I do hope this movie is good. I do like Nicholas Holt, Anna Joy Taylor, or Anna Taylor Joy. Uh, she's a fantastic actress. Um, Ralph Fiennes is in this movie. So, I mean,. Uh, it has to be good it better be good and then John Linguzamo's in this movie man i've been following John Linguzamo on and on ig and he's been uh he's been very vocal maybe cuz i just started following him maybe he's been vocal this whole time but i love it man i love it hey rep your culture man like live like rep your culture rep your rep who you are male female black white asian hispanic rep your culture Rep your culture. Don't be, don't be, don't go overboard with it. But rep your culture. It's nothing wrong with being proud of your culture. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> the negative connotation that comes with saying white pride uh, is kind of sad. But I get it, you know. But I mean, hey, it's nothing wrong. Hey, you're born Caucasian, so be Caucasian. There's nothing wrong with that. Just understand the history. Understand history. Don't go overboard with it. And on that note, I think I've said too much. I think I've said enough. If you have any questions, if you have anything that you want to say about this topic of the the disappearing of the, the, you know, male masculinity in Hollywood, please. Please hit me up. I would love to hear it. I would love to talk. You know, I would love to have somebody on the show and we just talk about it for a few minutes. Cause we're not going like we're not going to turn this into some political debate or some some type of ethical uh, thing. When it's not, we're going to surround it by movies. Uh, Cause the menu, if the menu is all about toxic mas- masculinity, then we'll talk about that too. So I'm really excited about that. Um, another movie I'm really excited. I've I've grown more excited about seeing this movie. I want to dance with somebody. The preview, the Whitney Houston biopic looks phenomenal. Looks phenomenal. I'm really excited about checking that out. Um, I just found out today. Uh, just some movie news. Just found out today. Avatar: The Way of the Water is going to be a hundred and ninety minutes That's over three Oh wait my, I'm a 14 tango I'm a, I'm an army guy that my math is not that great but that's a long time 190 minutes 190 minutes think avatar the original avatar was like 160 something minutes or something like that like it was it was over two hours but like man i don't think i'm gonna go see this movie i think one of you listeners will have to do a ride home review and do the podcast for me because i do not think i want to sit in a movie theater and watch that much blue people unless it's Namor's people. I I can't see my, like I just, the original Avatar, I watched it and it wasn't that good. It doesn't hold up. It, It just doesn't hold up. It's a beautiful, beautiful movie, beautiful colors, beautiful backdrops, but it's just not a good movie. And I'm hoping that this one is, but like when you tell me it's that long, man, I'm going to have to go see that in the the morning or something to make sure I don't fall asleep. That's a long time. I think it was like 196 minutes or something like that. That's the runtime of this movie. Bro, I don't know if I can do it. Uh, But that is coming out next month. I'm trying to think of what else we got coming up soon. Um, that's really it, man. We got Megan coming up next year. Megan, PG thirteen horror movie, Small Wonder. Right when I saw the preview for that, I thought of Small Wonder. Um, looks weird. The doll looks weird. She's dancing in the hallway. I'm. <laughs> I'm definitely going to check that out. Uh, but yeah, it's been it's been a crazy year of movies. Black Panther. We got some more movies coming up, Phase Five of Marvel, um, and I think that's gonna wrap up this episode, man. Like I, I had a lot to say, um, but you know, uh, I read a tweet by Jason Whitlock and it just threw me off. I wanted to, I wanted to talk about this, you know, uh, the attack on masculinity so much until Jason Whitlock tweeted something about Black Panther, saying it was, it was like. Uh it, it attacked black people And it, you know, attacked the patriarchy And it just turned me off from talking about this subject altogether Because Jason Whitlock is probably one of the lowest forms of humans um, To ever walk the earth Him and Candace Owens Are just two of my least favorite people in the world um, At any given moment, at any given time So, on that note I bid you adieu. The podcast is back. Tell a friend to tell a friend. I appreciate you listening to this. Please pass it on. Like, subscribe. Do whatever they say they do in them YouTube videos. And that's coming soon too. Uh, stay tuned for some at home, some ride home reviews. Like we are, we are watching some stuff. Um, at some point in time, I'm going to talk about Manifest and how terrible that show is. I'm almost done with this fourth season. Um, or part one of the fourth season i i want to just dedicate a whole day of just talking about how bad manifest is but i can't stop watching it i just can't can't quit manifest but you guys have a wonderful wonderful rest of your week enjoy watching black panther for the second and third time i do know some people who've already seen it twice Um, And look out for the menu next week. I will be dropping that ride home review Thursday night, early Friday. And I do thank you once again for listening. I really appreciate every single human who gives me 15 to 20 minutes of their time a day. Um, More is coming. The content is going to start flowing because I really enjoy doing this. You guys have a wonderful week. Wakanda forever, man. Wakanda forever.